Yes, sir. It's time to crank up the big, the bottom, and the boom shakalakas, baby. I am the captain. We are the sports brew. And we like to call this old throwdown Thursday, man. Have a little bit of fun. Might be a little bit more of a throwdown than that Thursday night game. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm sure Randy has a, a glowing review of the Cardinals and the 49ers to share with everybody. Hey, man, at least David Johnson got me some fantasy points. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> anyway, by the way, we're, we're minus we're minus one D-stat, who I guess is uh, off somewhere, you know, trying to help Odell Beckham keep his head screwed on tight. Not 100% sure. Vattery removes all of the kicking practice nets from the Giants facility just to be just to be on the safe side. Entirely possible. So we'll see if he comes through with a woo before the night is done. We'll just... We'll, We'll give him the shot. We'll give him a chance. Well, you babe. know, he might still be locked up in Vegas, too. You, he, know, he, you know, he could be stuck in Vegas. You're absolutely 100% right about that. A uh, little, little Vegas bachelor party. He's probably still in recovery mode, dude. <laughs> Would not... He's on top of the hotel, and people can't find him. Like I said, beware Mike Tyson, random tigers, and uh, not trunk monkeys. That's an old commercial, but, like, that the dude... <laughs> Do y'all remember the Trunk Monkey commercial? Yes. I that's uh, one of my favorite ones of all time. But anyway, yeah, man, maybe maybe D-Stat is stuck in Vegas. Hopefully, if that's the case, he's on a really good gambling streak. Uh, and if not, you know, maybe he won it all. Maybe he's going to lose it all because that's how it would happen in Vegas for D-Stat. You know this, man. <laughs> he would be like, I dreamed a dream of a streak for the cash. And then I went drops of poopiter. <laughs> they got thrown out on my ass. <laughs> anyway, yay, bachelor party, man. I hope, uh, hope he had an excellent time. Maybe he'll show up tonight. Maybe he will. Anyway, let's go ahead and get everybody in here, man. Oh, yeah, we got all kinds of good stuff. Whoa. <laughs> we don't need to rage that early, man. Uh, Shannon, I know you had a tough time with the Colts and the Jaguars over across the pond, but jeez. <laughs> Uh, you know, no, that's what the uh, Brits were saying after watching that game. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> you remember when we used to be like, there's more sacks than a bad porn? I mean, that seems to be the, <laughs> you know, that seems to be the, the state of the Colts offensive line. I think we got to bring, we got to bring that really bad line back, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'd forgotten about yeah. that, too. Wait. Uh, that's when you need like Bart Bart Simpson asking for uh, you know sacks. Is Harry Sacks there? <laughs> you know one of those one of those jobbies. So it's just all terrible, man. It's all terrible. What's a, what's a good song for you, man? Let's go. Let's see. Let you know what you know what you need some love. You need some TLC. All right. <clears throat> and I don't mean like I don't mean like TLC like the waterfalls. <laughs> I don't mean that one. I mean like uh, <laughs> I don't mean that. We're gonna go with a little Tupac, man, just for the good measure. So a little California love, yeah. So Shannon, man, what's up, brother? Brother, Julio Jones just caught another pass from Matt Ryan. Oh my god, dude! That guy like single-handedly won fantasy games for like everybody. Oh, by the I way, mean, uh, Shannon, nice play leaving uh, Matt Ryan on the bench, bro. That may be the fail of the year, man. <laughs> I was like, oh, Andrew Luck versus Jacksonville, Matt Ryan versus Carolina. Jacksonville's 0-3, you know, Luck will probably go 300, three touchdowns, one way or the other. What did he actually go? Uh, 230 with two touchdowns and a pick. And a bunch of sacks. Six sacks, right? Yep. Yeah, not not so hot, man. That's rough. That's and tough. Matt sledding. Ryan set franchise high, career high. Oh, everything high. high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! But that was so high. Denver even approved that. You know what I'm saying? 
that's pretty that's pretty hardcore man I guess we should have brought you into like the Gap Band because Matt uh, Matt yeah, Ryan yeah. was dropping bombs all over the Carolina Panthers, right? <laughs> My gosh, that'd be more appropriate. Holy yeah, moly! Yeah, think they missed Josh Norman just a little bit. You know what was great? Oh my god, let me see if I can find this thing. There was uh ah yeah yeah for the win had this thing and and it said uh the moment see the moment when Josh Norman found out about Julio Jones's big game against the Panthers and so that's some sideline audio. You see Julio Jones got three hundred yards. I mean, like, he has this gigantic grin in his face. 300 <laughs> yards! I mean, it was hilarious. Hilarious. I love... I'm just going to sit my tea. Yeah, I'm just going to sit my tea, man. Crazy. <laughs> Look, man, I don't got anything for you, man. Norman said via CBSSports.com. I really don't. I don't know what to say about it. Like I said the other day when you asked me, I'm just going to sit my tea. I mean, you get what you pay for. I don't know. <laughs> I think in retrospect, the Panthers might want a do-over on that one. Now, granted, the young corners might end up being okay in time. At the moment, the dude, Julio Jones absolutely embarrassed that secondary. Dude, that I was mean, I mean so, did, so did Matt Ryan. To be fair, so did Matt Ryan. I mean, you know, that was atrocious. Carolina, where is the defense, dude? 48-33. to 33. And the Falcons were up thirty-four to ten early in the fourth, dude. Yeah, I mean Pan- yeah. Panthers gamed it up kind of late. I'll, I'll give them some credit for that. But I mean Matt Ryan and Julio Jones—they were on fire out of the gate, bro. You know, it was like a twenty-two-yard pass and another pass. They just roll right down for a touchdown. It was crazy. But I tell you, before we before we spend too much time on that game, let me let me get everybody else in, and then we All can right. talk about that game a little bit, uh, just for good measure. Uh, Randy, let's go ahead and get you in. A little bit of Godsmack, man. What's up, bro? Not much, man. Just uh, drinking my sorrows away on the 49er season after watching that debacle tonight. Well, I hope you have liquor for that one. Just oh, yes. Yeah, so captain in the dew. Yeah. Like, Bru- like Bruno said, man, liquor in the front, poker in the rear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, the, that's that game for you, man. You're, you're in for a long year. You're in for a long year. That's just the reality. I, mean, I, of thought, it. I thought the year we had Dennis Erickson as head coach was bad. This is going to be right up there, unfortunately. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you got the crowd like like screaming for Colin Kaepernick or whatever. So, and wait, did Carlos Hyde get a penalty for flexing his bicep in that game? Yes, he did. <laughs> Are you serious, dude? Yep. No fun league. Yeah, get out of here, that junk. They're saying yeah. he was taunting him because he was looking right at the Cardinals defender when he flexed. Yeah, uh, they're so so inconsistent. This taunting stuff is getting out of control, dude. Anyway, you heard him in the background, so let's go ahead and get him in too, man. Let's just knock it all out. So, yeah, little greatest, Ameri- greatest American hero for Woodfield, I think. Nice and mellow. There you go. I kind of miss I kind of miss a fail song, but we were talking about this in pre podcast, so this is what you get, Matt. Uh, songs of my youth. Yeah. Oh, here you go. Your age is showing. Hey, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd be zero and four. Dude, you're you're sucking so much ass. Dude, you're full BSE in the keeper league, man. <laughs> oh, and four, dude. Good lord. It's okay. He plays me. He'll probably win this week. <laughs> Matt yes. needs to dream a dream, man. You need to get some pickups or something, bro. You better hope Chana has half his team on a bye. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway. All right, back to this uh, Falcons 
Falcons-Panthers game, man. Dude, Ryan was just tossing up big old bombs. Uh, and Julio Jones was just an absolute machine. He had over 170 yards in the first half, dude. I mean, that that is just completely filthy. Completely filthy. And there's one play in particular. It's fourth quarter. The Falcons are up 34-26. to 26, First and 10. A uh, little play action fake. And Ryan hits Julio Jones. And that dude, I, th- I think it was like a 10-yard slant or something. He just stiff arms a DB in the face. It keeps right on truck. and ends up being a 75-yard touchdown. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was ridiculous. It, 12 catches, 300 yards, and a touch, and just slaughtering those inexperienced defensive backs, dude. Slaughtering them. The speed on that touchdown, I mean, it was like Ooh. watching, like, the 100-meter dash in the Olympics. I oh, mean, once he was in space and he was like, trucking, nobody was catching him. <laughs> nobody. Like watching Usain Bolt, man. It was like, <laughs> forget it. Nobody was catching that dude. My that was, gosh, man. Yeah. Th- that, by the way, was the first game that, ever 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 had a 500 yard passer and a 300 yard receiver that's crazy yeah he uh julio is the sixth player in nfl history with the 300 yard receiving game obviously a pretty stunning you know it's a hell of a performance real life and god bless for anybody that had the pair of matt ryan and julio jones there's no way in hell you would have lost your fantasy game unless you had nobody else in your lineup, and you still probably would have won. <laughs> I was going to say, and honestly, you probably should have won regardless. Uh, yeah, I mean, those two guys, that's just disgusting, especially if you have any kind of uh, escalators or bonuses because that's just that's just so filthy. Um, some other big takeaways from that game, obviously the, you know, the Panthers kind of they had some gamesmanship at the end. They, they came back a little bit, but uh, Cam Newton, bro. Let me tell you, on a two-point conversion, sticking your—I know you're going for the two, but come on, dude, you gotta—you gotta know when somebody's around, get them to stick a hat on you like that. He got absolutely crushed. Now I don't know. I'm kind of curious because earlier in the game, in the first quarter, it was a third and one, Panthers ball, and Cam had a quarterback sneak, and when he got up, there was a, you know some extracurriculars after the play. Cam ended up getting flagged for taunting. He tossed the football into a Falcons defender, and he did, like, one of those first-down flexes, like, in a dude's face. So he definitely had a little, like, yeah, sucker kind of going on. But I, I tell you, I don't know if that was a little, you know, gaslighting there for the for the Falcons, but when he had the chance to stick a hat on that dude late in game, woo-hoo, dude. Yeah, but he just, he just like, pranced like he was going to just walk right on into the end zone. If he mm. had just, like, ran it in, like, normally. yeah. I don't think he would have gotten hit. Yeah, but he like, let up. He, that was dumb. He let up and acted like he should be surprised did, that he got hit. Did he not see the Vols game <laughs> earlier? That did he not see the highlight of that dude? I mean, what's the deal with like the college kids who want to drop the ball to one, and then he wants to half-ass it in from the one? No, like, dude, man. just get then the ball across. Get cross the plane and then do your crap. If you're gonna do crap, do it after you cross the plane. You know what I'm Seriously. saying? I mean, it's not well, that much. The funny thing. It's not that much to ask. Here's the funny thing. Last year, he had a very similar play, and he let up on it, and he got lit up and ended up in concussion protocol. Same thing happened this year, and he, even he admitted he let off the gas when he should have just barreled forward. Dude, I uh, mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, it makes me think of the. And Randy should get this reference. No, nobody else may, but. Uh, years ago, there was a uh, for people that remember the video game Unreal. There was the Unreal head blowed off kit. <laughs> and that was a that was a magazine yep. advertisement, right? And like I'm just watching Cam get his just blowed up, and I'm like, it's a combo of Emmett Smith and the Unreal Head blowed off kid, like right there, man. He got the his head got debacled, <laughs> just ridiculous, man. They got the two points, but that was a 
hell of a price. Uh, and Derek Anderson, at, look, there was a point the Panthers were down 41 to 33. They had a, a little bit over a minute left. And uh, Derek Anderson floated one up there, got picked off by uh, Alfred, who ran it back for a little. Let's go. Forget pick six, man. I think realistically that was that was a full on taint. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I mean, kudos, obviously, to the Falcons. Statistically a ridiculous game for a couple of their players. But, yeah, you'd think by now you've got enough examples of whether it's in college, uh, whether it's in the NFL. Dude. We talk about concussions and we talk about knowing how to take a hit. And it's one of the things that you have to give, like, Russ, you continuously have to give Russell Wilson credit for is knowing how to, like, just go down. And I don't understand with Cam, it's one thing to talk about a little bit of his showboating. If you don't like that, you don't like that. You know, hey, at the end of the day, you can always take the stance that, you know, defense is there to stop you. And until they do, you know, get over it. But I don't understand why, as critical as he is for that team, why he would subject himself to a hit like that you know I don't necessarily care about a little bit of the showmanship that's fine man quite frankly I think the NFL has tightened tightened the screws down way too hard on a little bit of uh, call it fun call it celebrations whatever um you know I enjoy certain aspects of it and I know a lot of people are like man just hand the ball to the ref just go Barry Sanders hand okay if you want to take that stance take that stance I'm not that much of a prude about it I don't mind a little bit of showmanship, okay? I really don't. But there's showmanship when you finish the play, and there's showmanship and setting up for it when you haven't finished the play. And sometimes I think these players are like, yeah, dude, and it's not quite done yet, and then they just get popped. You know what I mean? And Cam Newton set himself up in part for that and got completely popped. Was it 100% avoidable? I'm not saying that, but it the way he approached it and the way he was going to the end zone made it worse than it had to be. And the look on his Made face, dude. Worse. Yeah, the look <laughs> on his face when he had that helmet just crushing into him. You don't have that pocket protection right there, brother. <laughs> it's a bad idea, man. Uh, but look, if you're if you're hoping for Derek Anderson to bail you out at the back end of a game, good luck with that. <laughs> good luck with that, friends. So, uh, Shannon, I did want to just give you a moment, uh, real quick. We'll dance around about a, a you know a couple of college games, not a ton, but a little bit. Uh, but just out of curiosity, man, uh, kind of takeaways with the Colts and the Jaguars. We talked about it a little bit. Uh, my understanding is that the offensive line is pretty green uh, with them at this point. And I heard Gregson on the radio with uh, Jay Moore uh, talking about, you know, guys getting healthy and getting back. And they, they have some, you know, pretty high expectations for some of these guys. But I don't know how much of that is just blowing smoke. Um, but, I mean, how real – how real are the struggles on this O-line, dude? Because, I mean, luck, you know, you've got skill position talent there. And we can argue that maybe Luck has regressed a little bit as a quarterback. And that's fair conversation. At the mm-hmm. same token, you know, you don't want to set guys up to fail. And if you <laughs> you draft players to play, and there's everybody's going to whiff on some. All right? You're not going to hit on them all. But you've had a clear need for this, that's been a clear need for a while. You've got a guy that's in the prime of his career. You've got some skill position talent, and they just seem to keep having these certain subset of the same problems. <laughs> and it's like, come on, man. Whether it's free yeah. or the draft, like, what is the deal with the O-line and the Indy, man? They, they need to get gelling. They need to be healthy. Uh, they need to be nasty. I don't. I don't think they're nasty enough. I mean, it's like they just get beat up every single game. It's just like it's 
like uh, the JV versus the varsity. The varsity is the defensive line. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter who the defensive line is. I mean, they just overpower the Colts offensive line every single week. And poor Andrew Luck, I mean, you can say he's regressed, but, you know, I mean, not even freaking Joe Montana or Tom Brady could freaking make it with that line. I mean, it, it's tough sledding, man. It's really, really, really tough sledding. Um, but it it makes you marvel at how good Peyton Manning was uh, with that with the offensive line over the years. He masked so many, uh, I don't know what you would call those dirty I don't know, weaknesses, I guess you could call well, it. Well, you know, there, there's a point with certain quarterbacks you can kind of, whether it's make up for or cover up for or get by with, because they know how to read the defenses. They can set the offensive up, set the offense up, and then get the ball the hell out of there. Right. You know, at the same token, if you're continually putting people in that position, you know, it's kind of hard to do long ball stuff. I mean, it's just, if they're I, under a, a, a continuous, like, I don't know, amount of duress, it has to limit what you can do, and plus they're going to take unnecessary hits. Plus, you don't want to see them get jittery in the pocket. Well, I do think that they call too many um, kind of like long ball passes for mm-hmm. luck. But I mean, when you're second and nine, third and eight, things like that, it doesn't really help. No, but they should call more like wide receiver screens or hit the back. Well. I guess they could hit Gore more out of the backfield. Um, he had a pretty decent game for him, but I mean, th- there's so much going on, going wrong on that team. That yeah. I mean, I know Ursay felt like he was trying to do the right thing and keep the GM and the coach together j- just because they had quote unquote one bad year. Yeah, but it's clear they they're just not gelling. Gregson, I don't think is get well. Well, before this year, Gregson wasn't getting the right players. I don't want to just say that the first round pick from Alabama, the center, is bad. He's rookie. We'll be okay. Right. But I don't know, man. Sometimes as tough as it is to keep the same, you know, team leadership together. They played hard for Pagano, but I, I, I just Gregson, man. I, I think that guy's got to go. I think Gregson's the one that they need to cut loose and just they need to find somebody else to kind of run that front office because, I mean, good Lord, we've crushed them over the Trent Richardson trade. And there's been other pickups. I mean, good Lord, they got Antonio Cromartie who can't cover off the field and on the field. Well, he's gone now. <laughs> he's gone now. You idiot. <laughs> you like but, discipline. I mean, they should have known with him and his, like, 25 kids that he can't cover anywhere. So, I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, he covered that spread. Well, he covered the spread, but he <laughs> didn't cover anything else. But it's a living in a van down by the river! <laughs> He's having kids. He might be in a van down by the river. Yeah. But they need they need a better running back. They yeah. need a better offensive line. <laughs> Receiver wise, I think they're okay. Tight ends, eh, losing Fleener stinks. But they've got Jack Daniels, er, Jack Doyle. And, I like Jack Daniels um, better. Dwayne Allen. Uh, seriously though, if the offensive line keeps playing like that, I mean, Luck needs some Jack Daniels. <laughs> you know uh, yeah, well, to keep the pain away. Yeah. I mean, my gosh, uh, it's t- it's tough sled, man. Uh, you know. And, I- 
Go ahead. Here's the thing: like they really need to address this quickly, or you're going to waste his career. Some of the you're best years of it, yeah. The really good years of his career, or the yeah, the really good years of his career, and it's because you couldn't get your uh, stuff in order. I mean, you really do need to surround this guy and help him out a little bit because he can get you deep in the playoffs, as you've seen. But, I mean, if you're not going to help him out, you're just wasting well, his talent. You might as well just trade him for pieces. What, are you going to, like, San Diego here? Come on, guys, move, well, move Phillip Rivers. Come on, what are you gonna, doing? If they're not going to help him out. Get him out of there. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It. I mean, you know, you look at, for example, a situation in Dallas, and, you know, I don't know how good Dak Prescott really is. Um, just like we don't know how good Carson Wentz really is. But one thing is very clear, and that's as a coach, as an organization, you want to set your you know, you want to set your your players up for success, right? Mm. And it's hard to look at what's happening and players gotta play, right? I mean they, they have to. If if they're not if they don't if they're not as advertised, sometimes it happens. But the Cowboys context is think of what they invested in the offensive line to help with the run game. To help the quarterbacks, trenches out. Now, granted, their, their defense isn't great, but they invested a ton in their O line. Absolutely, you know what I mean. And they they got a lot right, and that gives them the the latitude and the and, and the you know flexibility to do a lot of different things. Now, and, aren't all five of their guys first round picks? Uh, we'd have to pull it up to te- you know uh, we'd have to look that up. I'm not Something sure, like that. but I, I know that because they. A lot of years, and I'm sorry to cut you off, Justin. No, it's good, man. It's not a sexy they, pick, and people were like, "Come on!" But yeah, but I mean, a number of years, like they would, they would be in the first round. People would be like, "Oh, take Johnny Manziel, take Johnny," Man-. and they took like a lineman, and people would be like, "Oh, really?" And no, that's really what they got to do because they're going to get three. And, Zach and Martin, Travis Frederick, and mm-hmm. um, the left tackle. What's his name? Oh, a guy from USC. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so, it's just it lines out, man. And that's it, the thing, though, and that's what the Colts did with the center this year. And next year, when they have a top five to top ten pick, they need to take the best left tackle available. Period. I hope they sort it out before he takes too many hits, or you know, gets beat up enough that it alters the kind of player that he is. And you know, it's just tough because you you want you want to see them. Look, man, nobody's expecting your offensive line to be perfect, okay? It's not even a matter of that. But, you know, there's still a, a affording a reasonable amount of protection and because then your plays can actually develop, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then you can actually run your offense. And uh, you want them to, you know, if you're, if when you have quarterback solved, when you believe and you effectively have the quarterback position solved, you you need to build out your other crap. You know, a great quarterback can take marginal or good wide receivers and make them appear great right absolutely that happens and if they happen to have a great wide receiver then you see things like matt ryan and julio jones or tom brady when he was heaving bombs or randy moss you know you can have those moments or you know Peyton when with marvin harrison you know when when they're legitimately super talented guys they can accomplish phenomenal things right but you can also make the case that when you have a good quarterback clearly a very good quarterback they elevate the game of people around them, whether that's the offensive line because they can mask some of the deficiencies, or they elevate the game of, you know, the the skill position, you know, players around them. It doesn't mean who was there was a dude in New England years ago, and I can't think of his name. I want to say his last name was Washington. I might be wrong about that, uh, but it was a wide receiver, and I think he went to Seattle, 
and then he ended up coming back. He signed a big contract to leave, and he didn't really do much of squat. Dion Branch. Branch. Yeah, there you go. Dion Branch. You know, I mean, sometimes that happens. They're they're good players in in the system that's right for them, right? And so they're productive. And then you leave that system, and then it's like, what happened to you? And there are players that are that are better than any system you can put them in, and they can play in multiple systems. And then there are players that are they're elevated because of the system. They're elevated because of other variables, other factors, you know. And luck does. If we can argue about his regression, and that's a, again, it's fair commentary. But you're not doing that man any huge favors by not being able to solve and build the offensive line out better. You know, and you can see that that's an issue, and that's not just an issue for the Colts. I mean, it happens all over the place. It's, it's, you know, we can point to the Cowboys and say, we'll do this, draft that, and it works out. You still got to get the picks right. But if Grigson, mean, if Grigson can't get that right, then maybe Grigson isn't the right GM for this period of time. You know, taking Andrew Luck was, relatively speaking, that was an easy decision. All right? And, yeah, he, he hit on T.Y. Hilton. And some of these other guys, he's hit on some other guys. But if his main charge at this point is building the lines out to take advantage of the skill position in the quarterback when you have those right and you can't do it, is it scheme or is it him? At some point, uh, you got to draw a line in the sand. Way. At some point, you got to draw a line in the sand. You know, hey, we talked the other week about Zimmer. You know, look at you know these people that get more out. We talked about team and chemistry. And football is definitely one of those things you can get it's the greater than the sum of the parts. You know what I mean? Football is definitely that kind of a thing, right? When you have the scheme and you have the right system and you got the right attitude and coach, you can extract more out of just, you know, the talent or the scheme than people necessarily think you can. You know, those first three games for New England this year, that's what they did. Minnesota being undefeated this year after losing Bridgewater and AP, that's what they've done, right? That's a credit to the organization. That's a credit to the coach. That's a credit to the players that they have, right? Fine, not everybody can do that. But when you continuously can't do that and you underproduce or underachieve, it's talent, scheme, organization, some combination thereof, or all of it. And, I, I, you know, it's always sad when you really feel and see elite-level talent like pissing away prime years. Yep. And that's what you don't want to see. Because in a couple, in a few more years, if they can't get that right, you're going to go, God, what could they have done? In a relatively weak division, what could they have done? I don't know yeah. how long you can expect Houston to have the problems they do or for Jacksonville to keep getting hurt and sucking. By the way, I don't know how long is that. Is, is Gus Bradley going to hold on to that job? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, it's just tough. I, I didn't know we were going to turn this into a Colts power hour, but, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just odd to me, man. Mm. yeah it's i don't know man i'm just shaking my head over here just you know a couple years ago they're in the afc championship game and now it's a dumpster fire it's it's just uh you said it yourself and maybe maybe it's just karma from the whole deflate gate garbage from them saying that the patriots had you know flat balls well i mean that was one of those things that whether it's fair or not, and some people hate the Patriots, they're going to pile on them to the end of time for that stuff. Um, you know where I stand on it. I think it was garbage. I think the league's response to it was garbage. Absolutely, uh, it was. I, I, you know, and I think the league is reaping a little bit of you know you'll reap what you sow, 
and some of the, the television ratings being down and some other things that are going on, we can talk about the different kind of screens people consume media on. But I mean, I do think there's a strong sentiment at the moment of people that are like, you know, how much is too much? Whether it's the screw, this, you know, I view it as a screw job with Brady. Not everybody agrees with me, and that's fine. But the stuff, the incidents with Ray Rice, the, you know, the protests of the national anthem, Norman getting fined and flagged for doing a bow and arrow, which <laughs> incidentally Brandon Cooks does and doesn't get flagged. Or at least he did. I don't know if he still does it, but Cooks used to do that for the Saints. I don't remember him getting flagged for that. You know what I mean? It's just there's certain things that are going on. I I think people legitimately dislike Roger Goodell. I think people legitimately have fundamental issues that they want to escape politics with football. Fair or not, you know, players can do what they're going to do. But I, you know, I would wager virtually anything that behind closed doors, the league is like, crap, (laughs) you got to (laughs) stop. You know, they'll put on a good face and they'll run with it. But you know, there are people that that go, I don't want. You know, if that's what I have to deal with to watch football, maybe I I just want to watch college. Mm -hmm. There's just stuff, stuff going on with how the players' suspensions or the quality of play or Thursday night football. Or maybe it's it's football saturation with Thursday night and Sunday and Sunday night and Monday night, um, NFL Network. And, you know, I mean, obviously we talk about football, so I guess we're part of that on some level. But the game feels like there's – and certainly the game's in London – I mean, that makes I mean, sense, guys. Long, I mean, how much longer before we actually have a franchise over there? I don't know, man. Yeah, if they had their way, I think happened. it would it would already exist. Very you know, true. Th- there's a lot of owners that are very much for it, but I, I, you have logistic issues. I, I mean, are players going to want to deal with it? And, and that, and you know, let's be fair. Yeah, how the tax is going to break down? And... Who knows, man? You can send ten, uh, Trent Richardson over there because you know he likes to pound. Anyway, you still be able to find the hole. Who are you kidding? Anywho, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think I, I think it's fair commentary to talk about the health and the state of the game. And uh, the game, I said, you know, the product on field, the product that we consume, the product that we see. I think it's it's fair commentary, and it, it's reasonable to be a little bit concerned about the state of the league. Dude, I just think about about that quote a few years ago from, from uh, Cuban. Yeah, and. Uh, I kind of saw what he was talking about then, mm-hmm. and I, I definitely see it now. No, I mean, it, one I, thing I've noticed. Uh, yeah, I just pulled some numbers and everything while y'all were talking. Since 2013, the Colts have had 28 draft picks. They have only drafted six offensive linemen. Oh my gosh! Well, that's an issue right there. I'm sorry, seven and four. Um, four of them were this year. <laughs> well, at, at least they did it this year, but you know, I, 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 you know, Shannon, how old is Luck? Uh, he came in twenty twelve. It's twenty sixteen, so about twenty six, I would say twenty five, twenty six years old. So it's right in that zone. Let me... the, th- the one of the things that stinks about that is to have squandered his rookie contract because that's when you have a, you know what I mean? That's when you have this golden opportunity to build out certain parts of your team when you don't have to pay your quarterback for the roof. And they they yep. got to pay that man a ton of money because somebody he's twenty seven by the way twenty seven oh he's twenty seven so somebody's gonna be paying that dude a ton of money right well they're on the hook for that now so now before you could have gotten away by maybe some free agency spending well now you can't necessarily do that the same way you have to draft better 
once you start getting the big money contracts for your cornerstone players, and you, you know what I mean, you have to draft better because you need the lower cost players coming in on the rookie deals. And that's, you know, one of the things that's so critical. And, you know, again, love him or hate him, man. You know, the Patriots have been good about letting people walk at a certain point with how much they cost. And it's an, they're an easy example because they've been so good for so long. And that's a that's a so difficult to do in the modern NFL. Yeah. Well, I mean, rarely do you see the the Tom Brady have great receivers. It's always been just a bunch of guys with Brady, but they invest on the offensive line. Well, they and in, the defensive yeah, line. Yeah. And I'm not saying they always get it right, but they they seem to have a pretty good feel for when it, when it's about time to let somebody go. You know, or when they can bring somebody in for a period of time and then walk away from it. That the Revis example, boy, man, it, what, he looks like he got super old really quick, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh my God, uh, that's just nuts. And by the way, you know, for anybody who wants to, you know, crow about the Bills beating the Patriots, congratulations, enjoy that one, Rex uh, Rex Ryan. <laughs> that's his, actually his first regular season win at New England as a head coach. <laughs> and it took, uh, you know. A team had that had a lot of things go wrong. I actually think the best part of that game was probably the pregame fighting. <laughs> I think Vince, I think Vince McMahon would have been proud of that one, man. But it, a lot of things, and you know, you know, enjoy the win. It's good for the Bills, but understand the context of what that is. So there's no reason to argue about a lot of stats on that one. You know, whether it's you know Goskowski missing a kick, you're not going to see that very frequently. Um, you know, Brissett taking off, getting popped in the red zone, coughing the ball up flag on, on that play on Edelman. I think that was the first play from scrimmage with 90 yards. Got wiped out by an offensive P.I. You know, uh, first shutout. Here's one for you. That's the first time the Patriots have been shut out at home since 1993. You know who was under center for them at that point? Drew. A Drew Bledsoe. rookie Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe. A rookie Drew Bledsoe. That's going back, brother. That's going way back. So, But I'm, I'm less concerned about that game. And uh, I think to have gone three to one, the point of what we're talking about is, you know, the team construct and the team concept and to have gone three, three and one through the first four games, not having Tom Brady um, and then having some other injuries as well is a hell of an accomplishment. And that's a team accomplishment. And um, I'm just surprised. I'm just surprised the Colts haven't been able to put some of this together yet, but you know, let's see how the year plays out and, uh, you know, if these young guys kind of, you know, gel and get it together and get healthy and get on there. But you better hope, man, if you're a Colts fan, you better hope that <laughs> they can figure this thing out. But, dude, I would rather them tank the season and get some high good picks. Yeah, we'll they see some quality guys. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, San Diego, San Diego, for real, you don't even have North Turner anymore and you still suck ass in the fourth quarter. I mean, for real, dude, they were up 34 to 21. Now, look, I was kind of hoping Drew Brees was going to go there and win that game. Don't get me wrong. I think that was good for him, right? But San Diego was up 34 to 21, under seven minutes to go. Melvin Gordon fumbles that freaking ball. Saints get the ball inside the red zone, convert on a fourth and two. And Brees gets a touchdown to Michael Thomas for a touchdown, 34-28. Next Chargers possession, Travis Benjamin fumbles on a reception on first and 10, right under five minutes to go. And the Saints get the ball on the Chargers out of the field. And God bless, uh, Matt, I know, I know you missed this guy. Saints go marching in, and John Kuhn plows in for the touchdown, man. 
unbelievable to me. That's just crazy. Same. I mean, and it wasn't about money why they got rid of him or anything. They just weren't didn't have much of a use of fullback, and he wanted a little bit more. I mean, nine times out of ten, when Green Bay gave him the ball within the one, he was going in. <laughs> and I'm, I just thought he was so underutilized in Green Bay. Well. But good for him. So, yeah, that, that was good for him. But granted, I don't think the Saints are going anywhere this year. Let's be real. No. <laughs> I don't think they're going anywhere this year. <laughs> no. I did see, uh, Shannon, you'll appreciate this, man. Uh, on PTI earlier this week, they wished a happy birthday to uh, Ben Dreith, or Dreith, and it was, the, it, was a, it was a ref, and he had one of the classic, classic, classic calls of all time. Let's see if I timed this right. Personal foul on number 99 of the defense after he tackled the quarterback. He's giving them business down there. I was like, that is fantastic. And what's great, I don't even know what game this is from, man. It's like Jets and Bills. And this dude, I don't know, man. They, this guy was pummeling the quarterback. And what's great about the ref is he does he does a, a reenactment. Like, he's punching when he's talking about giving him the business. I thought that was glorious. I'm so glad they had, uh, had a happy birthday to him on PTI. I laughed. That's laughed phenomenal. and laughed and laughed, man. Uh, I thought that was pretty fantastic, but you know that that's one of that's definitely one of the all time all time classic calls. Oh my god! I think Ron Cherry from College Football did the same, and then there's mm-hmm. the old false start on everybody but the center. Yeah, 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 play. dude. So good, man. I don't. Somewhere I've got those old ref sound bites. I don't know where they're at. Otherwise, I'd absolutely play one. They're super classic and super funny, but. Oh my god! <laughs> the business, it's, I love. It. Yeah, man, like an NFL game, dude. In an NFL game, the oh wait a second. Personal foul, sixty-nine. Offense, he was giving them the business. False start. Offense. Everyone, but the let's center. go to eat a goddamn snack. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- those sound bites overlapped. Go right. Oh yeah. Yes. It's not- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's some classics, man. Oh, my God. oh look, here's a, here's a good one. Ready to go? Hey, hey, Matt, are the uh, are the Giants going to beat the Packers next week? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, no that's that, Arnold. No. That's going way old school. That's dude. super old school, man. Bang, bang in a plane crash, Kate. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> You're somewhere in there, man. Oh my God! What do you think? I mean, what what do you think the answer to that question is? Answer it for me. Is it acceptable? No, it's not acceptable. Holy bang, dang, dang, crap! Anyway, <laughs> all that stuff. Uh, by the way, about JPP is going to line up in a three-point stance. What? Because he has to? Yeah. <laughs> by the way, I want to give kudos to uh, Whitfield on here tonight, man. We were joking around pre-podcast. We we're trying to help him clean up the audio on his uh, headset because he lost like the pop screen a little foam on the tip of it so he's got a cotton ball and some electrical tape and I, I think I think we need to give Matt some love for going ghetto superstar with this with this rig tonight because <laughs> it is fantastic when was the last time we heard this song in the club back in the 90s at Tiki Bob's where is it where is it Wow. <laughs> there you go. Remember that place one time, Dustin? What, Tiki Bob's? 
I think Matt used to do like taco eating contests down there. Yes, I did. Yeah. Rotisserie eating uh, chicken contest too at Thanksgiving. Yeah, you were always chasing something down there. Food or fatties, one of the two. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Anyway, oh fairly my. accurate. No, that is, that is pretty accurate. That is pretty accurate. By the way, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, man, thanks for showing up this week, or not. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can close segment one with uh, Steelers, the Steelers and the Chiefs for sure. Forty-three, uh, fourteen. It wasn't even that close, man. Um, so close that pretty early. Yeah, I mean, I, I, honestly, I think part, I think part of this was getting. Uh, getting the Eagles and the Chiefs back to back was probably really bad news for the Chiefs, given you know given given the, the similarities and the parallels. I, I mean, you think of the relationship Doug Peterson, Andy Reid. I mean, you know, you get what I'm saying. So oh, yeah. that was probably a bad setup for the Chiefs. But God bless. Plus the return of Le'Veon Bell. Woo, dude! Look, Steelers had 22 points in the first quarter, and they were just overwhelming those guys. I know the Steelers got bushwhacked by the Eagles a week early, and I know, uh, you know. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Look out, man. I know Lindy was like, oh, not so fast with the Steelers there, Justin. But, you know, I, I think every team can have a bad game. Uh, and I definitely think that was one of the Steelers' bad games, like, for sure. But, I, I mean, Roethlisberger just torched the Chiefs' secondary. Here we're giving kudos to Matt Ryan and Julio Jones for being just hundred, just so filthy. Uh, but think about this, man. Roethlisberger was 22-27, five touchdowns, 300 yards, and this uh, is his fourth career game with as many touchdowns as incompletions. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Damn. Just ridiculous. So, uh, and I, I watched that game and I was like, it's just a Madden glitch. <laughs> 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 Chiefs just got absolutely bushwhacked, man. Uh, great, uh, great welcome back game for uh, Le'Veon Bell, who when you see that guy rolling, uh, you're just reminded about how completely disgusting he is when he's healthy. And uh, I mean, you want to talk about a team that has a lot of weapons, man. Not that I love, um, you know, Wheaton or Coates or Rodgers necessarily individually. I mean, Antonio Brown to me, bar none, one of the best guys in the league. Le'Veon Bell, obviously upper echelon. And, you know, Roethlisberger is still super good. That's a team that when they're firing all cylinders, they just have people all over the place, dude. Super yeah. scary, super ridiculous, and uh, Chiefs just—they had no answer, man. Chiefs had no answer for them that night. So I tell you what, let's wrap up segment one. Um, we talked about a couple different things, but um, Randy, since the uh, 49ers ate their ass tonight uh, against the uh, against the Cardinals, uh, why don't you give some closing thoughts on uh, Cardinals and 49ers? Uh, I haven't seen the final score yet. I forget what it was, but. You know, any particular takeaways from that game, and we'll bow out on segment one, come back segment two, talk a little baseball, run through a couple other games, and then shut it down. Well, obviously the biggest thing is the loss of their leader, like team leader in Navarro Bowman for the year, definitely. Oh, sucks. Achilles uh, injury. That's terrible. It, it, it really showed in this game because as the game wore on, because they were competitive for the most part, but once that once they got late in the game, the team started wearing down, and there was just no emotional leader to really pick them up and really keep them going. And Gabbert was making a lot of just stupid throws and bad mistakes, especially yeah. against a Cardinals defense who's, that's very opportunistic. So, but I mean, Hyde got his carries. He, you know, he scored. He, I mean, he's doing okay this year. But beyond that, the team couldn't get out of its own way. Yeah, it really, they self-destructed on their own. I mean, it. They had a shot at at least getting within three points, and Gabbert gets hit sacked in the end zone for a safety. 
and you're Yay. at the end of the game. So it's just one of those things where it, the talent, the the lack of a strong quarterback is showing through in spades right now. The crowd was actually chanting, "We want Kaepernick." Dude, and he's not even healthy yet. I mean, they're talking about how he's still like 20 pounds underweight to what he was when he was actually playing well. Dude, check out this nugget. Jeremy Curley caught eight passes for 102 yards. He was the only guy getting open. He became the first 49ers player in 15 games to go over 100 yards receiving. That's pathetic. That's rough. Whew. Well, considering the team from last year and what we're looking at this year, doesn't surprise me one bit. Isn't it funny how much better Michael Crabtree looks in Silver and Black? Mm. Side note, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he have at least two touchdowns against the Ravens? I mean, the game, yes. especially the game winner. Yeah, I mean, oh, he, I mean, did the, he have three? He may three. have, he may have had three. I, I was like, I can swear he had at least two, man. And uh, by the Let way, how, how's that game for looking like a snooze fest before it turned into a fireworks party in the fourth quarter? Good lord! How about that, man? Uh, anyway, uh, Mighty Joe Flacco, as always, letting me down when I try to use him in fantasy. As always, <laughs> as always. Well, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was on bio. I had to use. I just start somebody. I was. It was either him or, or Simeon, and obviously Simeon got knocked out with a shoulder injury. So between the two, I made the right call. Yeah, Crabtree seven for eighty-eight, three touchdowns. Oh my god! Including the game winner. Kudos to the Raiders, by the way. Kudos to the Raiders, man. Uh, who the I who I think are undefeated on the road. They're zero and one at home, but they've won all their road games, man. <laughs> In the Eastern Time Zone, by the way. Yeah, which which is a major, major, major accomplishment for that team. Uh, we we piled on the Raiders in years past. I do like where they're trending. Lots of nice young talent. Um, Reggie McKenzie, if I recall correctly, um, the Correct. GM's name. He's I think he's done a nice job, man. I think he's done a nice job there. And, and uh, Jack Del Rio was yeah. a heck of a hire for them. Good hire for where they were at. Good good mindset, good hire for where they were at, where they were going, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know how, you know, you never know what a team is going to turn into. Um, and obviously they have like a platoon at running back, but they've got some, you know, Amari Cooper, obviously tons of upside there. Carr looks like he's pretty good. I'm not saying he's elite, but he's at least pretty good. And they're going in the right direction, man. You got to like that. So kudos to them for winning on the road in that fashion, holding on and just clutching up, dude. Baltimore, Baltimore is not what they were, but that's not a place. That's not an easy place to cross country and go win a row game, man. Uh, no, you know they've won at New Orleans, at Tennessee, and at Baltimore. Not exactly kill a row, but three mm-hmm. row games nonetheless. Well, New Orleans isn't what they were, but um, still to go into the dome, to go into the dome and 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 mm-hmm. win, you know it, that's still. I still think that's a pretty legit accomplishment. And again, we're, we're taking it as a body of work. Not just a solo game, but I think to win those three games uh, and to pull that off, I think uh, speaks volumes for what the Raiders should be uh, turning into and growing into over the course of the season. So uh, kudos to them for that. Anyway, let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, segment one, wrap that up, and we'll do one more segment and we'll get out of here. Uh, we have the Sports Brew. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, uh, Stitcher Radio LiveSportsCaster.com, uh, all kinds of other places, man, Google Play, et cetera. Keywords are sports and brew. And uh, we'll come back in a few minutes, talk about a little a little baseball, uh, we'll get some reflections from our Mets fans. Uh, and I don't I don't think we're seeing D stat tonight, man. I think that is done, son, and that's okay. I think it's about time for us to get a bill money together for him. Yeah, we maybe. haven't heard from him. Maybe he maybe he applied for a, a part time job as a trunk monkey, 
Entirely, <laughs> entirely possible. He's compact enough he could fit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Damn. He's certainly good, man. Well, that would be, you know what? That would be a really good bad D stat bet. You know, that would be a bad yeah. D stat. Yeah. I'd like, I'd like that. Get him to be a trunk monkey for a little bit. <laughs> one day, one day. Anyway, yeah, we'll be back in just a moment, man. Yes, sir. I had to stretch our legs for a couple of minutes, but we are back, man. We're going to do one more segment and get the heck out of here. So we got a couple of things to uh, knock out of the park and, you know, throw up on a table. Well, that sounds like a cat that probably has too many hairballs, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple of things to cover, man. A couple other things to do before we get out of here. You know, <laughs> it, it, it is the season for wild card baseball. So I did want to give our, our resident Mets fans. That's why I was hoping, uh, you know, Mark would show up tonight, but... Um, gotta say man number one shannon and uh anybody else that wants to uh, you know drop throw their hat in the ring on this one um i do think it's funny that there was an article and uh this this was buck showalter in july <laughs> this was on for the one uh regardless of the score i'm putting zach Britton out there <laughs> and somehow in the wild card game the orioles didn't use zach Britton in their extra inning wild card loss like I know that uh, to be fair, if they if they had won that, the criticism wouldn't be there. But they didn't win it, so uh, I think Arnold's got some criticism for him. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you like discipline? Yes. <laughs> you idiot. Yes. <laughs> That's the one you wanted, right? Both of them. Yeah, man. Take it back. Uh, no deal. <laughs> anyway, hey, Matt. Yes, sir. So when was the last time Britain gave up a run? Last season. I thought I saw uh, a red. Actually, it, this may have been on PTI. I thought that, that that they said Britain had allowed one earned run since April thirtieth. Correct. That is absolutely disgusting. How on earth do you not so, bring that dude out, dude? He's got the sickest knuckle curve I've ever seen. You're in extra innings. And would they have like a leadoff double or something, Matt? They had a leadoff double. Didn't no. They had two singles. Okay. And um, Carcion came on and hit the three-one homer. Okay. After the first hit, I think I'm going to bring Britton in. Well, he warmed up, which I don't understand. He warmed up in the eighth. Well, yeah. I mean, I know Buck probably didn't want to like waste his arm, but at the same time, if you don't win the game, the season's over. I mean, it's like Kobe Bryant at the end of his career. He emptied the chamber. If you're Buck Showalter, I mean, it's got to be all hands on deck. No matter what, we got to get through this inning just to get to the next inning. You have to empty the chamber. You got to empty the bullpen. You know, some guys may have to throw a little extra. Some guys may not. You may just have... One a lefty on a lefty just to get one out, just to get to another pitcher. I mean, well, I don't understand the re- their reasoning was that okay, Ibaldo Jimenez has been um, pitching really good as of late, but historically he's been bad in Toronto. Okay, we're, we're talking about a guy who's had maybe one of the greatest seasons of all time versus a starter. You, you blazing gas who. Jimenez or whatever his name is. <laughs> you blazing gas Jimenez? I mean, he walked out there with a the gas can and just poured it around the mound. 
I mean, I don't know if you guys actually saw that video or not. I'm just glad you didn't call them hymens. (laughs) 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 See, he did get towed up before the night was done. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. (laughs) You know what? I'm gonna go. (laughs) I'm gonna go ahead and fail myself (laughs) for that one. That's pretty, that's pretty bad, man. One of us is in deep trouble. You're a damaged goods lady. <laughs> yes, pretty much. <laughs> but, and, look, and I, I know it's revisionist, man. It's rearview mirror, all that kind of stuff. But the, it, it, it's do or die, dude. If you don't get dude. through the wild card game, your season is done, son. Winner was all over him for even before the three-run shot. Like, like there were like... <laughs> Milk can milk cartons with his picture on it. Like, where's Britt? <laughs> I mean, like people are like freaking out. Like, why is he not in this game right now? And he should have been. He should have been. I'm sorry, but you you empty the chamber. You see where you are. And if you get to like the 14th look, or 15th inning, then at that point in time, hey man, it's whatever. Look, if the fan can empty the chamber and throw a beer can on the freaking field. Can you get Britain out there? Hey, sports brew PSA, do not waste beer. Come on. Look, man, if you if you throw if you're throwing stuff on This is one thing I will say, man. I totally get robbery stuff, you get heated, all that kind of Look, man, if you're throwing objects on field onto the field of players, you're the asshole. Yes. No matter how you may feel about a game, you are the asshole. If you do that, I mean, if you want to, if you want to throw racial slurs at the center fielder, that's fine. Don't waste the beer. Well, I don't know if I'd say racial slurs are fine. That, 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 that's all <laughs> that's that, what they that, were doing. That also yeah. makes you. That also makes you the asshole. But I mean, come on, dude. What on earth, man? That that game was tied. It was two two in the bottom of the seventh, man. And uh, somebody's chucking out a flying beer can. That dude's going out there. Come on, man. Drink that it's, beer. It's... Don't don't chuck that beer. Did they find yeah. that guy? I know they have somebody they think is that guy. Is it actually he that guy? Himself in. Yeah. yeah. But didn't he say like he had a you know a cup like they? Sh- I guess they showed a picture of this dude and he turned himself in. So I, I don't yeah. know, man. <laughs> I, just, I, I just saw it ri- uh, briefly. He turned himself in. I think it's the name was Steve Bateman. Incidentally, man. Uh, oh come on, you want to get that reference? <laughs> Chicago Cubs playoffs. Bartman. I think if you had said his name right, we would have gotten the reference. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bait Simpson. I mean, come on, dude. Bateman. Hey, Bateman. Hey, this is Harry Sachs here. <laughs> come on, dude. Uh, by the way, I want to thank I want to thank Sports Illustrated for ruining the Cubs' chances <laughs> before they we even get there, man. Really, y'all stuck? Y'all the world, the Sports Illustrated cover declares the Chicago Cubs the 2016 World Series champs. Have you guys seen the cover of SI? No. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A, that's what's He's on the cover. Ken Rosenthal wrote the article, and they like that. They he should have never wrote that article. <laughs> For a fan base that's probably as superstitious as the Cubs fan base is, come on, man. <laughs> Predictions are great, but the SI cover jinx, come on, man. That's just cruel to do to them. That's just cruel, dude. Somebody, maybe, maybe, maybe that fan can throw beer cans at that dude <laughs> for writing the article, man. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I know, I know, Showalter gets a lot of uh, uh, respect for his 
strategy and decision making. I don't think anybody's going to say he's a suck ass manager or anything like that. But it, it it's just one of those things in the moment. It seems really questionable. Had it worked out otherwise, no one would care. But you know what? It didn't work out otherwise. That's baseball life, man. That's baseball life. What they the- weren't built to do that well in the playoffs anyway. Well, maybe not. You know, but but baseball's a weird thing, man. It, you know, if you get in and you get hot, you know, I mean, baseball is just crazy, dude. You get yeah, hot at the right time. Pitchers, it don't matter. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at that's the problem. I mean, look at Schelling and Randy Johnson in 2001, man. You just well, you had that one-two combination. Yeah, but you had two. You are talking about two Hall of Fame Hall of caliber Famers. guys. Yeah, I'm just saying, you get two guys that are hot and really good. I mean, you I mean, can. You got Charles Tillman and Ubaldo Jimenez, not screaming <laughs> Hall of Fame right there. But then, I mean, they had the bats that could have, if they could have forced teams to. Um, put up points with them they had a shot yeah if they could, yeah, if they could at least get you six innings and then get get the ball to britain they would have been fine well l- let me ask you this i don't i don't want to spend too much time on the orioles um realistically though uh when you get to the mets uh met season kind of obviously circling the drain and getting flushed out of here but um what do you take away from the mets game and realistically a uh, how many kudos do you have to give Madison freaking Bumgarner? And uh, be like, as a Mets fan, what do you take away from the season and from the game? Well, from the game, it was as classic as a pitcher's duel as you could get. Up till probably about the eighth inning, there mm-hmm. wasn't more than two or three hits compared. I mean, between both of them, I think um, Syndergaard ended up throwing um, ten. Had about ten strikeouts in seven innings. And, yeah, he um, he was ten over seven. Yeah, and then I want to say Bumgarner was like eight for in in um, a complete game, but it was just one of those games that you were like, it's gonna be low scoring. No, no, neither team screams offensive powerhouse, so it was like who's gonna be able to make the first mistake? And the one person you probably wouldn't have thought would have made that mistake in uh, Familia, the closer, ended up doing. And what was what's crazy is the Mets did it how you're supposed to do it, mm-hmm. and Baltimore didn't. Right. So that, and then uh, uh, Familia ends up giving a three-run shot to um, Connor Gillespie. Gillespie in there. Great. And he was Richmond Squirrels. Whoops. Hitter is the final recognition. Homestand of the year. Profit at second. Somewhere. Panic at first. A oh, there he is. Drive into right center field. Whoops. Going back is Bruce. Still going back. Adios, Pelota. Connor Gillespie. With a three-run homer in the top of the night to give the Giants the lead. Now, incidentally, I did not play that intentionally, but I do think it's pretty funny that as I was looking at that article, all of a sudden that sound like cranked up. It's been <laughs> sitting there the whole podcast, and I go to that page, and all of a sudden it just nice. rolls, dude. Crazy. As far as um season overall, yeah, they should have never been in the playoffs. They were 500 back in mid-August, mm-hmm. and they went on. I think it was a 28 and. 12 tear. Suspedis was hitting out of his mind. Um, as Drupal Cabrera was hitting out of his mind, they were putting together a makeshift rotation, but yeah. the pitching is so deep. That, I mean, they they were just finding these guys like Gausman and Lugo that just plugging them in, and they were doing pretty well because, I mean, we didn't have DeGrom. We didn't have Harvey. We didn't have Mots from most of the um, stretch run. And it was just, we were just finding ways. But I mean, if we're healthy next year. 
get everybody back, see what we can do with David Wright, or because I mean I think he got kind of got to resign Jose Reyes. I mean after we got him for pennies, because I mean he he showed he's still a, a pretty damn good leadoff hitter. Randy, I where mean, do you, he, go go ahead finish your thought, Matt. No, no, go ahead. Randy, you got anything else to chime in, or are you just kind of like, ugh. <laughs> I mean, crying, I was crying Jordan. By the way, a nice blast, Shannon. Just finding the, <laughs> the crying Jordan head erupting out of the field. That was great. I laughed at that. Oh, I think I mean, that was Lindy. Oh, that, well, that was. Oh, you know, was. you're right. That was, was. Lindy. <laughs> My bad. I was giving I, you credit. He man. prefaced it with "Sorry, D stat." Yeah, no, that, that's but, funny. Uh, that was funny though. Mm. Ultimately, I mean, obviously, I'm disappointed, but given what's happened to the team over the year, how snake bitten they seem to be with injuries and just couldn't get out of their own way at times. Yeah. I'm really impressed with the heart and the scrappiness this team showed to actually do what they had to do to make the playoffs and get over 500 as a team. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was definitely truly a team effort. Um, I'm really proud of them just for what they did as a fan. And I really look forward to the next year when everything gets, when they all get healthy and we have every, you know, see what happens with free agency, that sort of thing. Yeah. But ultimately, when you have two world-class pitchers going head-to-head the way <clears throat> Thor and Bumgarner did last night, that was just absolutely amazing. We'll probably want to, That was an extremely exciting game just in that respect alone. Well, I love uh, Syndergaard had a tweet. It said, uh, baseball has a way of ripping your heart out, stabbing it, putting it back in your chest, then healing itself just in time for spring training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that tweet. Yeah, I thought that was pretty on point. This is my thought between Baltimore and New York. Mm-hmm. I would rather go down with my best pitcher on the mound than not have my best pitcher on the mound and lose. It ends up with so much like second guessing, doesn't it? You know, but at the end of the day, at least the Mets fans, I think, can take solace in knowing that, hey, they had their guy who got 51 saves this year on the mound, and he's the one that lost it. Hey, I mean, hats off to the Giants. So if you're an Orioles fan, you're like, why was it freaking Britain on the mound? I mean, there's so many questions. So go ahead, Justin. I'm sorry. No need to apologize, dude. We chat. We talk. That's what we do here at the brew, man. So really, uh, two different things. Number one, I'm going to finish the thought on uh, Madison Bumgarner. Um, for the one had this little piece talking about his completely obscene postseason dominance. So I wanted to run through some of these stats real quick because, you know, stats are always one of those things. that's a little bit weird. Obviously baseball is very, that's a very statistical sport. You know, it's super important. Um, historically reference context, all that kind of stuff, but I try not to get too buried in numbers, but occasionally the numbers are so good. They just paint a picture. So think here's a couple of things from Bumgarner. Over his last nine postseason outings, he has a .79 ERA. Over the same nine games, a .670 whip. He's thrown 23 shutout innings in winner-take-all games. No pitcher has made more scoreless postseason starts. His postseason ERA is the best of all time among starters. Now That's with at least 12 postseason starts. He has a 23-inning scoreless streak. <laughs> Dang, you. I mean, that's a lot of filth. He ranks second all-time in postseason shutouts. I mean, think about that. He now Dude, sees, his lights out when he, he counts most. He has a career .5 ERA in postseason road games. I mean, 
I mean, that's the kind of numbers you expect Kershaw to put up in the playoffs. But Kershaw always gets lit up in the playoffs for some reason. It's just disgusting, man. The other thing, uh, kind of an offshoot of that is, and we've talked about it in years past, and we won't spend a lot of time on it, but I'm still of the mindset that me personally, as much as I like the excitement of the do-or-die one-game deal, I still kind of feel like the wild card in baseball should be a best of three. I guess as a point of curiosity, since uh, Mets ate it, <laughs> if the Mets fans, if you two are like, if you feel any differently now than you did before, have you have you changed your stance on the one versus three, or do you like what it is? I think the the just the one and done sort of thing is basically it's a fight for your life. It should it should, it's the type of game that should bring the best out in every player on that on your team, regardless of where you are in the season. It's okay. the it's the that do or die moment of you're backed into a corner. This is it. It's all or nothing. And I I like that aspect of it because it adds a lot of excitement. But I wouldn't mind a three game series, but. You know, this is one of those things they implemented to try to increase the excitement of the postseason. All right, fair point. Whitfield? I'm pretty much the same mind Randy is. Okay. I do like pretty much how it's like a fight for your life, but it would be interesting to see uh, see it in a three-game series okay. format. I, I guess for me, and, you know, I, I'm not a baseball guy like you guys are. Like, I, I don't really care until we get to the end of the season and then the playoffs. That being said, there's just a part of me that almost feels like you're leaving a lot on the table, but by not at least making it like a best of three. Maybe the do or die. Maybe maybe that's great. I just think baseball is one of those sports that I, I, you know, you can have a bad game or a bad night, and I mean, conversely, obviously, you can have a team that plays above their head. But for as long as the season is, man, I, I just think there's something so abrupt about a sudden death wild card matchup. I don't know. I, I guess you'd have other issues as far as scheduling or setting rotations or some other things, or maybe too much downtime for, uh, you know, uh, getting to the AL or NLDS um, if you if you you know blew the wild card up a little bit. And that that's a fair point too. You don't want to penalize the other. You know what I mean? You don't want to you don't want to penalize the other teams that did what they needed to do. That's reasonable. Anyway, Shannon, you got any thoughts on that? Or are we gonna uh, flip back to football? At the essay, we just need to get to Odell Beckham and his okay. uh, issues. And okay. uh, I think you had a life coach I do, I do, I do. As, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, man, uh, kudos to the uh, Minnesota Vikings, whose defense is, I tell you what, man, beginning of the year, you think about, I mean, we're all like, Sam Bradford, good luck with that. Uh, no AP, haha, no Bridgewater, <laughs> your season's done. And Zimmer just, dude, man, kudos to Mike Zimmer, bro. And kudos to the Vikings. Um, I didn't like, I'll be honest, Monday night, I didn't think the giants were going to go and like, you know, stick the Vikings. I just, I just didn't a hell of an effort by that team. Um, uh, and so one part of it is the giant, excuse me, the Vikings going to four and all right. That's legit. Bradford just to change teams that way and to already be under center, taking snaps, running that offense. Kudos to him for that, man. And kudos to uh, Zimmer for just keeping that team together, keeping that team believing, and keeping that team fighting, man. Uh, losing AP, losing Bridgewater, that's a lot, man. That's a lot. And there are lesser teams and lesser coaches that, fair or not, that team probably folds a tense, man. That is a team that's got a ton of fight. So I, I didn't want to take away from that because uh, we're gonna t- we're obviously going to talk a lot about the Giants um, and Odell Beckham and the problems he's got going on. All right, and they are legitimate. They, they are issues. 
So Vikings, a little raise of the you know, little tip of the tip of the cap and a raise of the glass to you uh, for pulling it off. Uh, Odell Beckham, though, Shannon, I think there's a perfect opportunity for a life coach for Odell Beckham, and it is one of the sports brew favorites, and he uh, has availability right now. Okay, and maybe he could take him out and also buy him a suit, but I think that <laughs> Kevin Garnett should totally be Odell Beckham's life coach because he would scream, he would scream that dude's head off. He could also bring that one fan that goes, Kevin, 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 <laughs> all the time at him. But <laughs> Kevin Garnett, man, if there's anybody that could toughen Odell Beckham up, it would be Kevin Garnett in that man's face hole, dude. I like it. I absolutely like it. I think that would be KG. Kevin Garnett, lighten Odell Beckham's ass up. If he's not having fun now, he probably really wouldn't have fun with KG all over him. Oh, my God. (laughs) So we have a couple of things here. Obviously, there's been a, you know, if you've listened to any sports radio, if you've read any articles, if you've seen anything, this has been like Odell Beckham Jr. week. And it has been a ton. And this is a guy that had an, an absolutely meteoric rise once he broke, you know, broke into the league. You know, uh, what did he miss? He missed the first four games, hamstring, blah blah blah. I mean, he has been just ridiculous. He's he's made some acrobatic catches, some phenomenal catches, one hand catches, this catch, that catch, and he does some tremendous things on the field. All right, he really does. He is supremely talented, very gifted. You can't take any of that away from from Beckham. All right. But it is very clear that if you can get into that that guy's head, you can get him off his game. And if you're going to beat Beckham, if you can't beat him physically, you beat him mentally. It's what you do. Okay? And I'm not saying it's the polite thing to do, but, you know, football players aren't on the field to be polite to each other. (laughs) No. Okay? That's why you don't – that's why you got to protect your – you know, protect the Schwartz in the pile. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) <laughs> All right, I'm just saying, man. Those scrums in the piles, they get pretty they get pretty nasty. So Odell Beckham, he, he's promising there's not going to be, you know, there's none of the extra stuff. You know, quote, I think it's gotten to a point where I just want to compete. None of the extra stuff. I just want to compete. You know, that never seems to be the case. You just keep smiling. I'll be straight. It'll all work itself out. We'll start winning some games and help pick up this offense. The thing that is that, that kills me is that I remember when I was a kid, I remember when I looked up to someone and watched them, emulated them. What I'm doing is not something I would want a six-year-old boy to be out there and learn from. Honestly, as funny as it sounds, that's really all I care about. You know, I mean, he said some of the right things, okay? I'm not so sure that the very public, I'm not going to call it shaming, but there's been a lot of commentary coming out from McAdoo. You know, Eli saying he's got to play smart, he can't afford to do anything, he'll call. He's kind of brought it upon himself, so he's got to realize that. No doubt, can't can't afford the penalties. You know, I don't know how this is going to play out. You know, yes, Beckham's a young NFL player. He's not young per se. He's old enough to know better. But in the scheme of the NFL game, he's still a young guy. But again, if you can't beat somebody physically, you beat them mentally. Mm -hmm. That's part of what football is. That's part of what sports is. And that, that, yeah, I mean, that sounds kind of like, A-S-S-H-O-L-E, everybody. Yeah, asshole, man. Leary was right, okay? Okay? Yeah, that makes you the asshole. But you know what? If you do that and you can get in that guy's head 
and get him out of his game or get him to do something stupid or to draw a, a penalty or to go, you know, smack up a kicker's net and hit himself in the neck, then you're doing your job. If Beckham's going to come out and talk about how he's not having fun anymore, that's a problem. Hey, I'll tell you what, man. If Arnold was this guy's life coach, there is a little bit of advice that Arnold would give him. <laughs> it's showtime. You said it yourself. No problemo. Was it this one? I'm just doing my job. Or is it this one? This man is totally insane. <laughs> or maybe it's this one. You want to fuck with me? <laughs> what? Tell me what. <laughs> I want to know what's going on, and I want to know right now. Are you out of your mind? Yes! <laughs> or maybe it's this. Stop whining. You lack discipline. But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach! You feeling that? I know what Wait. he wanted to tell Josh Norman, man. So shut up! <laughs> Xavier Rose. Well, he Take wanted to tell back. ODB to stop being a... Stop being such a... Oh, you wanted, you wanted Arnold to be like, yo. Stop being such a pussy! <laughs> there you go. No, and by the way, Sam Jackson. <laughs> I was gonna say Sam Jackson and Arnold were playing a game of memory, and Sam Jackson asked him this question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was that one, man. I don't think it was that one. I'm pretty sure. Let me let me load up the Sam Jackson uh, uh, board here. Oh goodness. Oh man. See, I thought. I don't remember Jackson. asking you a goddamn thing. See, that's who I would pick to be. Um. Beckham's life coach. Ooh. Same here. Sam Jackson? Sam Jackson. Oh, God, yes. Get the fuck out of my face with that shit. <laughs> it might actually be the right choice, man. <laughs> but he was playing memory, Justin, and he did ask this question. Does Marcellus Wallace look like a bitch? Does Odell Beckham... What does Marcellus Wallace look like? <laughs> Describe what Marcellus Wallace looks like. Does he look like a bitch? Come on, does Odell Beckham look like a bitch? Does he look yes. like a bitch? <laughs> Matt said yes. <laughs> As yes. of right now, yeah, he does. The mundo. <laughs> nice. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> That's what he last said to him. Anger. Yeah, anger. By the way, whoever started the meme of Sam Jackson being the moderator for the next debate. Oh, brilliant, game. brilliant. A. A plus. <laughs> Holy cow! A plus, man. A plus. Look, you know, and we talked about Beckham last week, so it's not something that we want to necessarily dwell on. Um, Guy's crazy talented. We know that. This guy, what that dude can achieve if he gets his head right is completely ridiculous. Uh, yeah, you got to have a quarterback throw to you, so on and so forth. We get all that stuff. Um, but, I mean, the skills are clearly there. I mean, ridiculous. Excuse me. Oh, my gosh. Ridiculous talent. <laughs> <laughs> these burps just try look Shannon Shannon I don't know what's going on but these burps just keep breaking free man <laughs> I think really I'll just name the song burp free the part where I burp free yeah there it is anyway enough of that <laughs> <laughs> Never said I could I sing, you know. can't fart anymore. You can't fart anymore? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah, what? Right back Man, to... don't fucking pay me. Oh, shit. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Oh, my God. Who the hell can... Get some facts and go...
<laughs> get some. Oh, Jim Calhoun. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we like that one, man. Old school, dude. Look at Whitfield, man. Dropping bombs in the middle of the podcast. Yeah, thanks, bro. Shut your dang pahole. <laughs> Jeez. Shut the fuck up. There you go. No. Nope. Uh, hell with it. <laughs> anyway, hey, you know, actually, um, what? Hold on, let me, let me backtrack there a second. I did see where the uh, there were some articles coming out about Tom Coughlin offering to help Odell Beckham channel his emotion. I thought that was uh, that was pretty interesting. No, that's not the song. That's, the, that's not the song either. That's okay. You know, I have the perfect one for... Uh, I have the perfect one. Shannon, I can't believe, A, you didn't say this at some point for Odell Beckham. I figured... It, it, this is a two-parter. Shannon, what would you tell Odell Beckham? Break free. No. <laughs> oh, come on, Shannon. Uh, just gotta let it go, man. I mean, you just shake it off. What are you talking about? Odell Beckham is the perfect encapsulation of all of the things that we like to make fun of on the sports brew. There's <laughs> shake it off. That's true. Okay, he hits on every freaking song. Every one. It's that one. His break free. He has let it go. And I think... Did he, he dream a dream? It, well, we're almost there. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're, we're, I, you know, actually, I, I, one thing I was looking for, I have the other song, but... I think he needed this one, too, man. If we can get to Oh, my God. Let's just I second that emotion. Man. Yeah, there it is. But really, I think I found the perfect song for Odell Beckham in the context of the sports brew. We have just the phrase to help him overcome. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe the audio is this low on Hakuna Matata, man. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> oh my god. But like seriously, bro. For example. Hakuna Matata. That Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> Maybe for the rest of your plays. <laughs> Catch that TD. Hakuna Matata. I'm telling you, man. I think I think that needs to be the Odell Beckham theme song. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about this in the chat earlier during the day, and oh my god, there hasn't there the last player to have the skill set. 
that That's Beckham has was Randy Moss. Oh, that one's a little bit better, maybe. What a wonderful phrase. And I'll be honest. If, if Beckham could actually get on track, he could easily mm. potentially have that shot of being the one receiver that could actually catch Rice's records. Well, that's a long way off, but I think he's well, like yeah. the, he's like the fastest. He, he's hit certain milestones in front of anybody. What he's done this to this point in his career, from a statistical standpoint, is incredible. And oh, you, yeah. you can't take that away from him. Okay, you can't. But Rice, when you bring up any, any if you bring up somebody like Jerry Rice, that's a guy that played beyond his base level talent. He worked his ass off, and he understood the game. Yeah, he was with a great quarterback. Yes, he was with a great system. But you don't have longevity like that without work, preparation, and all these other things that go into it. Okay? He was a phenom- stick him on the gloves. And stick him on the gloves. <laughs> <laughs> don't be fooled. The receiver's gloves that they have nowadays, I mean, they could turn you into a good receiver. Oh, I know. It's a problem-free Velocity. velocity. Throw the ball with velocity. <laughs> Elop throws an INT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's about right. sums that up. Kuna Matata? <laughs> it's our motto. What's I think the, one of the shocking stats, though, for Beckham this year is zero <laughs> touchdowns. I, yeah. I just wonder if Odell Beckham can actually feel the love from the sports brew at this moment. Oh, oh wow. Wow, can you feel the love tonight? Oh my Same lord. Movie. It it is. It is. Yeah, that that's legit. It's a circle of life, man. He's feeling the love. <laughs> <laughs> I can see what's happening. What? And they don't have a clue. Oh, they'll fall in love <laughs> and here's the bottom line. Does Odell know what to do? <laughs> Can you catch a pass tonight? <laughs> Will that net whoop your ass tonight? We're <laughs> <laughs> the circle of life. Oh my god. Who knew the Lion King was going to bring so much glory back to the sports brew? Oh, my goodness. So much glory that Jerry Jones thinks there's a glory hole. (laughs) (laughs) Glory hole. Oh, my God. Odell Beckham glory hole. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want me some glory hole. By the way, Todd, Todd, you got the part as the extra in the next Mad Max movie. Okay, nice audition (laughs) tape. Nice audition tape, brother. <laughs> we're glad you're okay. <laughs> we're, we're glad you're okay. Nobody got hurt. Letting you know. That was the wrong way to do a tribute to Train, okay? On the other side of the street, I knew. Just letting you know, man. This is the wrong kind of drive-by. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh. Anyway. Oh my God! Circle of Life. Salute o'clock, real quick, gentlemen. Salute o'clock. Here's a Circle of Life beer. <laughs> so tonight, gentlemen, I'm having a Stone IPA. <coughs> Very good. And I'm under the weather, and I'm sick, but hopefully nobody realized that. Mm. 
Shannon, what you got, bro? Oh, I'm uh, <laughs> alternating shots of tequila and Jägermeister. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was going to say, somehow I, I doubt that. <laughs> You'd be more like the circle got, of barf. <laughs> I got a devil's backbone pumpkin hunter tonight. Pumpkin hunter? Wow. Mm -hmm. That sounds uh, that sounds fierce, man. Tasty. There you go. <laughs> the Lion King. <laughs> I was about to die. I've been sitting on that all night. I was about to die, man. It means no worries for the rest of your days. Hey, Ben McAdoo, I got to play for you. It's a problem free philosophy. <laughs> all right. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna <laughs> Matata. <laughs> 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 Maybe we'll do Beauty and the Beast next week. <laughs> we can't. We can't do Beauty and the Beast because Mark's not here. That beastly. That beastly mf'er. <laughs> yeah, plus he already looks like Simba. <laughs> no, not Simba Pumba. Yeah. Oh my god! Actually, you know what we need? Let's see if I can find this real quick. How is that not in there? That's all right. I know where I'm gonna find it. Here we go. I think we could. I think we're gonna have the fail horn of the opera. <laughs> anyway, we have clearly gone on some very incorrect tangents. Oh my god! On the sports brew tonight, dude. Total shock. I was about to I was about to lose it when the when I wish Hakuna Matata had been louder. I'm so disappointed that that was that the the audio was so low on that. I'm super super bummed out about that. But oh well. I guess I'll need to download the Lion Lion King soundtrack. Uh, you'll need it soon enough, bro. Yeah, uh, yeah. I well, I like that movie. It's okay. I don't I don't know if I I don't think I've seen any of the sequels or whatever. Uh incidentally, by the way, I have no problem with like designer breeds, uh, but you know I, I've rescued multiple dogs. Uh, but if anybody thought that naming a dog breed the Chawini was a good idea, I'm afraid you get an F. Okay, it's a Chihuahua, and obviously wiener dog Dachshund, Dachshund, Dachshund. No, a Chawini. No, no, that that's. You're, no. you're kidding, right? No, it's a real Arnold thing. Says, it's, it's, no. a, it's called a Chawini. All right, now I have to look this up. <laughs> no, it's a real thing, dude. You said balls. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, while you're looking that up, um, I guess we need to get I off of Kuna. that was Mark's nickname for his anatomy. Well. Oh, my goodness. That's not nice. <laughs> Dear Lord, they're real. Yeah, I, I, I told you. Is that what she said? <laughs> Y'all are terrible. Yeah. Shannon, a Chewini looks like Ren from Ren and Stimpy. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. 
<laughs> the, is it the Chewini of life? <laughs> anyway, is that is that the is that the sound that's going to be emanating after the after party at Mark and Megan's wedding? <laughs> Be more like the circle of the toilet because we're <laughs> as long as it's not a circle jerk, we're gonna be okay. <laughs> Sweet Jesus, no, <laughs> don't start singing Hakuna Matata. <laughs> okay, is that are you gonna start singing it in your own wet space one, Justin? For the rest of your days, you sure. might have started singing it where. You should sing it during your wedding speech at Mark's wedding. Oh, well, I'm not the best man. I'm not making a speech. You'll say something. We know you. You nah. start talking. You won't stop. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway. Now, we ought to do. We ought what? to do. We ought to have like a special dedication to him from the sports room at the wedding. And we ought to start singing Hakuna Matata. <laughs> I don't know. I, nobody else would get the joke, though. I think that, 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 that wouldn't go over very well. Oh, we'd have to say in reference to Mark's favorite player. Well, yeah. yeah. That might be something we do on like a Friday or a Saturday, like before or after. Not the main thing. Not the main thing. You don't want to crap all over dude's wedding with Hakuna Matata. <laughs> oh no! We at the wedding, we just go up to the DJ and tell him to put on some Nickelback for the groom. See, there you go. <laughs> there it is. Oh, see, Shannon knows. Shannon knows how this works. Into <laughs> <laughs> a couple. Nickelback. I think Charlotte. we should. I think we should totally rickroll him. I was gonna say, there you, you go. You know what I mean? Well, that would be a good one. Yeah. Get off my he was on the Today Show. You did what? He was on the Today Show. Uh, Rick Astley? Yeah. That's so weird. They were talking about the whole phenomenon of rickrolling. It's pretty oh funny. Oh my god, it is Ren. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Dude. Oh man! All right, uh, so, all right. Uh, well, we need to start wrapping up and getting out of here. So, a couple of things real quickly, so I don't forget about it. Uh, a uh, complete garbage, by the way. Uh, I know we got warned warned about it, but uh, Josh Norman getting fined and flagged for this invisible bow and arrow celebration—total horseshit. All right, you don't hear me curse a whole bunch on the brew. I usually abstain from that, but that was garbage. Absolute one hundred percent garbage that he's getting warned about it and then getting flagged for it, and then getting fined for it. It's stupid, man. Um, we talked a little bit about the No Fun League, but, I mean, hey, dude, get out of my face with that crap. My question, Justin, was Norman giving them the business? <laughs> At the end of the game, he was. Julio <laughs> <laughs> Jones got 300 yards. What? Yeah, that was so fantastic, man. Again, uh, happy birthday to, uh, to that ref. Let's see if I can find that part. Back. He's giving them the business down there. <laughs> He's giving them the business down there. <laughs> it's phenomenal, dude. Uh, but look, man, I'm not going to say beating the Cleveland Browns is anything that fantastical. Okay, I'm a realist. All right, but Jordan Reed had a good game. Kirk Cousins looked a little bit better. Uh, the defense for the Redskins is not good. All right, let's not pretend otherwise. That defense very suspect. That run defense very soft. And apparently, they need phantom fumble recoveries to win a game. You know what? In the context of this as a Redskins fan, I'm okay with that. It is the Browns. F them. <laughs> 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 and, of course, in the welcome back to uh, DC game, uh, RG3 is hurt. 
But uh, look, out of the gate, man, uh, Cousins was crushing him out to Jordan Reed. That was pretty fantastic. They get up 14 uh, nothing pretty quickly. You know, Browns may not still come back. Crowell had a, a TD, if I remember correctly. And then they had um, Norman let up on a little bit of coverage. And uh, dude stroked one off to uh, Terrell Pryor, which is kind of fun. Um, so they ended up with a 14-14 tie at one point. Uh, in the fourth quarter, it was 24-20. Redskins had a lead. Browns had the ball. It was second and two. And that's when Duke Johnson ran. He fumbled into a scrum. And he does get up holding the ball. All right. And the ref runs over to this pile of bodies. And signals that it's Redskins ball. And there's Duke Johnson off to the side like, hey, look, I'm holding the ball. You said ball. Right here. How come the ref doesn't see it? And the ref, uh, you know, and they reviewed it. Dude, they reviewed it. <laughs> they reviewed that thing. And that scrum, absolutely. Two chips at the same time. Lo- there was a lot going on in that scrum. <laughs> How on earth that ended up being a Redskins ball? I never saw a, a, a camera angle that conclu- conclusively showed much of anything other than Duke Johnson eventually coming out of that with the ball in his hand. It was bananas. All right, bananas. But kudos to the Redskins for winning that game. If I remember correctly, they got Cleveland to turn the ball over on three consecutive possessions, just, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, the, you know, the last ones was pretty money. That was uh, Norman jumping in front of Thrill Pryor for the interception, uh, picking off Kessler. So, uh, and that's when he ended up getting flagged for the invisible bone bone arrow celebration. Just, uh, just stupid, man. Uh, I'm not a fan of that. I'm not saying the Redskins are great. Uh, they clearly have problems. Uh, that defense is going to do them in. Offense looks a little bit better. And I did want to give a tip of the cap to Isaiah Crowell for uh, donating his uh, game check to a police charity after he he did have those anti-police Instagram posts, but he, he donated again. This is a dude that's only making $700,000 a year only. It's only making $700,000 a year. Uh, and, and NFL money, that's not a lot, but he did donate his game check to the Dallas Fallen Officer Foundation as an apology for his Instagram post of a police officer getting stabbed. So I wanted to give him a little tip of the cap for that because that's a nice way to make amends because he totally didn't have to do that. He did not yeah. have to do that in any capacity <coughs> whatsoever, and he did. So, way to go, man, and you're worried on that. Uh, Redskins' run defense is garbage, man. Garbage. Josh Norman, bright spot in the D. That dude is good, but they're going to need a lot more than one Josh Norman. <laughs> that that defense has problems. Yeah. Um, so we'll That see defense it, needs to get healthy. Yeah, I, they're beat up, they're hurt, but some of, these, some of the injuries, I mean, they're, they're season enders. So yeah, um, they've lost both their safeties. Um, I believe they signed Dante Whitner today or yesterday, mm-hmm. whatever. So the offense is going to have to pick up the slack, man. Kirk Cousins, you got to be a little bit more on point. So obviously not very high hopes for the defense, but that's okay. If the offense can at least be decent, opportunity space in NFC East. So uh, real <clears> quickly, <throat> uh, kudos to the uh, Denver Broncos who keep just steamrolling people. Uh, the Bucks. I don't know what's happening with Jameis Winston, but good lord, do not mess with that Denver defense, man. It is legit. Uh, Rams whacking the Cardinals. Kudos to them. I wouldn't have expected the Rams to be where they are at this point. They're winning ugly, but they're winning. Uh, and the Cowboys and the 49ers. Uh, again, we talked about Dak Prescott a little bit earlier, um, and Ezekiel Elliott, man, just crushing that run game. Some, granted, some big old honking lanes. You could have driven a Mack truck through some of those lanes, uh, but still. Uh, some of what they're doing without Romo, I think, is very significant, and then also without Des Bryant. So uh, good on them. Uh, side note uh, for the Seahawks whooping up on the Jets. I just want to uh, remind you that the Seahawks in their last four games at MetLife Stadium, 
have outscored their opponents 129 to 50. <laughs> now that does include the Broncos Super Bowl, though. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, that sounds like that would include that. And I don't know what Russell Wilson, er, Stretch Armstrong has taken, bubble water, you know, Sierra therapy, whatever. Uh, him staying on the field is pretty commendable, and it's good to see Jimmy Graham starting to step up and showing some flashes of what he used to be. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. And also, uh, C.J. Spiller as a Seahawk is so weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yep, so weird. He is. Yeah, he wow. he, ca- he caught a touchdown pass uh, from Russell Wilson in the second quarter. So uh, that's super super weird. Shannon, a couple quick college football things. Uh, Clemson, Louisville, I think lived up to the billing. That was a hell of a game. Uh, game some, of the year so far. Some serious fourth fourth quarter fireworks. Uh, but look, man. <laughs> We talk about fails. You got to know where the freaking sticks are, dude. Come on, man. The game is on the line. You got to sell out for the first down, not go out of bounds short of the marker, bro. (laughs) And and, I'm telling you, dude. And it was a senior receiver. I think his last name was Quick. And, you know, you just, you're a senior. You have to know where you are on the field. Got to know. And he could, if he just cut it upfield, he has a first down easily, probably getting first and goal. I mean, obviously time running down, but I understand wanting to save time, but you got to get that first down and yeah. get as many yards as possible. So 19-game home winning streak for Clemson, pretty filthy. And uh, yeah. Deshaun Watson, uh, uh, by the way, I believe did a bow and arrow celebration. Uh, yes. <laughs> he did not get flagged. <laughs> he did not get flagged, and he did not have a $10,000 fine. Uh, <laughs> so, hell of a game. Hell of a game. I don't I don't think Louisville should get penalized heavily on that one. So No, I, I mean, Lamar Jackson, he, he showed out 295, a touchdown and a pick, mm-hmm. 162 on the ground with two touchdowns. I mean, he was just phenomenal in that game. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun, 306 yards, five touchdowns, uh, three picks, uh, 91 rushing yards. The Louisville defense did show up, but Deshaun Watson showed up as well. I mean, it was just a fun college game. Yeah. Uh, both teams got after it. Uh, even some fisticuffs uh, with the guy trying to choke out Lamar Jackson on the ground at one point, trying to go UFC on him or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Just but, uh, it, it was a fun game yeah. and uh we could certainly see it again in the college playoffs uh louisville has a very favorable schedule same with clemson i mean clemson plays florida state and i believe south carolina probably their last couple of tough games they should be just fine with, along with the acc championship game right. I expect Clemson to make the Final Four. I think Louisville, if they win out, because they get Houston uh, pretty close to the end of the year, and Houston's undefeated. If Louisville can survive the rest of the year, I think they have a really good chance of making it. Uh, my favorite bet from last weekend with D-Stat was the Wisconsin-Michigan game. It was Wisconsin plus 10.5. We both loved it. It was the one that stood out to us. Mm-hmm. I wish I'd researched a little bit beforehand. I found out later on that the backup quarterback was starting for Wisconsin, and I didn't realize that. Had I known that beforehand, I probably wouldn't have bet it. But, however, Wisconsin did cover the 10.5-point spread, thanks to three missed field goals by Michigan, and a 
just an absolutely sick one-handed interception. Jordan Lewis, man. Oh, my gosh, at the end of that game. It'll be on his highlight reel. It'll be – I think he's projected to be, I think, a first-round draft pick. They'll be showing that all next April. The thing with that pick, though, is that took them out of goal-to-goal territory. So instead of being able to kick an easy field goal or get an easy touchdown, they were all the way at midfield. Yeah, but th- that that pick was so filthy. I mean, oh, he's jumping yes. one hand up, the ball's behind him. That's one of those that uh, for anybody that played that ever plays Madden on like all Madden difficulty, that looked like one of those where the DB like sucks up to the ball, <laughs> like all of a sudden, like you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't look oh, like okay. it's supposed to go that way, and it did. That was pretty incredible, Jordan Lewis. I mean, kudos to you, bro. Oh yeah, and he jumped early too, and he just just mm-hmm. kind of just kept his hand up there and brought it down. And that was just one hundred and twelve thousand people losing their minds after oh, that. Yeah, one. I did actually watch a little bit of college football this weekend, which is a, a rare treat for me. Usually, I don't I don't uh, get a lot of football time on Saturday. I managed to catch this UNC FSU game uh, <laughs> with some fourth quarter heroics, and uh, I tell you what, man, I mean, really, y'all missing an extra point? That's just you know that usually sets up for bad things <laughs> late game, man. But to watch the end of that game with the pass interference to get a chunk of yardage and that kicker hit banging out that 54-yard field goal for the walk-off win. Actually, correct. Uh, I stand corrected, Shannon. I'm not going to call that a walk-off win. I think that's a chop-off win. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- that kicker running around the field with his teammates doing a chop. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> the, the Tar Heels, by the way, are the only ACC team Jimbo Fisher has not defeated. Wow. Random side note. I did not realize that. I did not know that either. I was, I was watching college football final, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. But so unless they lied to us, <laughs> that's the deal. Uh, but pretty inc- a chop off win, man. Chop I think off. that's what I think that's what Lorena Bobbitt did too. Uh, anyway, uh, other really other that that's how the Chewini was born. Um, <laughs> the sad part is, is probably millennials don't get that reference. No, they may not. Oh, well. And they don't want to. No, yeah. probably not. Another one that was pretty fantastic was Tennessee Georgia. Uh, oh, by the way, goodness. Shannon, Shannon. What the hell is up with Tennessee, man, getting their ass whooped early in games? And then they're 3-0. When they've trailed by 14-plus points, 14 or more points, they're 3-0. They're like the Colts from a few years ago, man. It's just you get behind early, then you just storm back. and They can't do it this weekend against A&M. And especially, I think, the following week they play Alabama. That's yeah, they're like seven-point road dogs this weekend. At Texas A&M, I, I actually love Tennessee plus seven. I don't know if they'll win the game. Outright, yeah. But, but that hell uh, that Mary, dude, that was nuts. Well, I mean, the, the funny thing is, is 10 seconds before that, Georgia hits a 47-yarder to take the lead. Mm-hmm. We had, I mean, there like, was a lot of like really late-game heroics going on in college football. This was a hell of a weekend in college football, dude. dude. It's college football. I mean, if you ever get the opportunity just to sit around and watch college football like every weekend, I mean, there's that stuff happens just about every week, and it's phenomenal every week. There's so many games; they're so close, and 
Oh my goodness gracious! It's just, and that kid from Georgia, Jacob Eason, I, I two to three years. I think he's a true freshman this mm-hmm. year, so probably three years. He'll probably be a top first round draft pick. Kid can throw it. He can we light sh- it up. We shall see. We got any other college football thoughts for the, you know, we got games coming up this weekend. Obviously, the Sizzling 7, I'm sure, will be posted on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash sportsbrew. But give us, uh, you know, maybe just one. One game. All right, I give you that Tennessee one. I'll give you one more. I'll take Alabama. 14-point favorites at Arkansas. Give me Nick Saban all day long, man. Give me that 14. I'll take it. Well, that felt, that felt like an easy get. All right. I'll take the number five team in the nation, the Washington Huskies nine point favorites on the road at Oregon. I will take the nine and have Washington win that game on the road at Oregon. You heard it. You heard it here first. Just remember that. All right. If you lose, it's D stats fault. And if you lose, because D stat wasn't here. (laughs) Because he's not here to defend himself. That's always the right answer. I don't know if they can feel the love tonight. They might be able to feel the push tonight. Depends on the bet, though. <laughs> Degenerate joke. Yeah. Nobody laughed at that. That was great. <laughs> I thought she was going to break out some uh, salt and pepper, man. Oh, is that what you wanted? Oh, God. <laughs> really? That Remember when we used to bust that out with frequency? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. This was the old Philip Rivers joke. Because how he throws the ball and then throws his balls to his wife with his Duger family. <laughs> Nobody, the only person that has more receptions from Philip Rivers than than Antonio Gates, his wife, clearly. <laughs> or Manti Teo's invincible girlfriend. You like that? You like that? Really? Didn't she rip his uh, Achilles? Did I don't know? Didn't she pitch for the Orioles? What is his name? Hymans? What was it? Oh God! <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Anyway, that might be a walk off. If if it's not, it should be. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, you know what, Shannon? I think you're right, friend. I think you're right. And on that note, <laughs> I think it is time to get the hell out of here. So yes. from from all of us to all of you, and certainly to Odell Beckham. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's like Eli throwing an INT. Why are you messing this up, man? There it is, man. Looking out for you, Odell. Kevin Garnett is your life coach, and watch some Lion King. Hakuna Matata. That's from us. One player he used to watch the Lion King all the time before like games. I'm sure there is. I don't I think know. it was Michael Gilchrist from uh, when he was with Kentucky, and now he's in Charlotte. He watched The Lion King before, I think, every game. That's a factoid only you would know. Yeah. So apparently, uh, they maybe there's a lesson in that for Odell Beckham. Maybe. I'm telling you, Gilchrist, 
right? And the circle of life. Brought to you by the Lion King. Yep. Hakuna Matata. I'm feeling it, man. I'm feeling you it. You can feel the love. I feel the love. I think Samuel Jackson's got a response to that. Look, Whitfield. <laughs> no. Shut the fuck up! I don't think no, we can. Can we use Sam Jackson on top of the Lion King though? That seems really. That seems really out of place. I told you, Sam Jackson needs to be Odell's life coach. Just hang in there, baby. You're doing great. I'm proud of you. How we doing, baby? Exactly. Oh, you were finished. Shit, Negro. That's all you had to say. Does he look like a bitch? You're a smart motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> Yes, Eli does look like a bitch. There you go. We got to get out of here, man. This is so ridiculous, dude. We are the Sports Brew. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, uh, any number of other rando-ass things, but livesportscaster.com. And, of course, Shannon, what do you think, man? Am I missing any of them? Google Play? Look. Spark Sports. Spark Sports. Uh, keywords, man. Sports and brew and in an alternate universe that would be a d stat poo okay get off my line exactly so from all of us <laughs> all of you enjoy the weekend enjoy the football have fun may your team uh, be excellent unless you're playing yes. the packers and the redskins and then too bad i hope you lose uh but outside of that <laughs> outside of that man enjoy the weekend y'all and we will catch you on the flip side can you feel the love tonight what in the hell, dude? What <laughs> <laughs> a wonderful phrase. It is a wonderful phrase. All right, y'all, man. Until next time, friends. Get some rest, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Peace out, y'all. Peace. See you <laughs> later. <laughs> I can't believe you used the Lion King, bro. I'm going down with a soundtrack. I can't believe yeah, I'll, we I'll, used uh, the Lion King. Uh, Dropbox of tea. Hakuna Matata. Ain't no passing craze. I think D-Stat is like the Warthog. <laughs> That's what I said. He looks like him. Right? He's kind of, kind of farty like the Warthog. If I was when a young I Warthog. Was a young D-Stat. <laughs> when I was a young D-Stat. Very well. I think that's legit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he looks. That's why we should call him Pumba. He's Pumba. Pumba. It's Pumba, dude. D stat is Pumba. I like that. <laughs> the the sports were explained with Disney movies. There you go. D stat is Pumba. He's the gassy one. <laughs> <laughs> no denying that. For the rest of your days, it's our problem free. Are we still recording? We are, we were, but we're done now. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>